Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. It's my honor today to be your, your host for the next 30 minutes. We're talking today about stepping away from who you are and into 
or from who you were and into who you are. My name is Kareen Mills with a heart on my photo. I'm a money mentor for moms helping you make peace with your money so you can multiply money, time, and impact. Money, time, and impact is the three pillars of what I do in the Multiply uh, community. My heart on my photo is actually my mom. It's not my heart. So it is a symbol of her sacrifice. And every time an, I, I unmike and speak on stage, on social media, and any other live stages, it is a tribute to all of her sacrifice. So I never, ever want to be a mediocre because every time I see that heart, she did not do all of that for nothing. So I'm, I'm making sure that every single sacrifice that my mother took on, all of us six children turn out very well and it doesn't go to waste. So today I'm going to talk to you guys about money and how to behave around money because money is my jam. I've lost it all and I've earned them all back and then some. It is, um, it is something that a lot of us, I believe, has some cultural background and there are some similarities to those things, okay? Um, in 2008, I lost almost everything. Of course, I came to America with nothing anyways. So I think that as a person of um, color coming from another country, we just drive, drive, and drive because we don't have a lot of uh, room to go down. We just see up. Okay, and I want you all to employ that because when I came to America, I landed in LAX. That was actually my first plane ride ever. Imagine I've never had a plane ride before. And when I landed LAX, I saw a lot of money flying up in the air. When I say that, and what I mean by that is that this is the land of opportunity. There was a lot of opportunity and I had such big dreams. My first job was a cashier at Walmart. You know how I got my first job? I was so bored to death that I saw when I gave applications in many places that my resume was on top of everybody else's pile. So every single week I gave a new application. And in 20 days, I got the job. But when it got quiet, you know, during the time that I was working, I was having so much fun. But when it got quiet, I cried to death. I cried every time it got quiet because I was so homesick. Shortly after, okay, I got into a car accident. And here's the thing, when, when I got into a car accident, I actually got another job working at a bank as a teller. I worked two jobs for the first two years. I would work at Wells Fargo from 10 to two. And then I would walk to Walmart to make sure that I make it there by 3 p.m. And I would eat my lunch on my way to Walmart while walking. And I share that story to all of you because there's going to be a lot of struggles coming right up. We are in a recession. We have been 
in a recession. I know we keep denying the fact that we are, but we have been for the last 12 to 18 months, depending on who you talk to. You have to do what it takes. When I turned 22, I had $22,000 in credit card debt. Nobody taught me how to handle money. My parents couldn't teach me. They did not know how to handle their own money either. And I think it's that generational thing that gets passed on over and over and over again. I thought as a banker, I thought that financial education and literacy was only a problem for people like myself who came to America with nothing. By the way, I had broken English. You know how I made my English better? And you'll still hear me stutter here and there. You probably still hear a little bit of my accent. But I enrolled myself in Toastmasters to develop my communication, to develop the way I speak English. I already had spoken a lot of English broken once in, in the university that I was in, the Philippines, because that was our medium of instruction. But I put myself in front of people and forced myself to talk to people in the jobs that I chose to be in because I wanted to stretch myself before anyone else stretched me. I put myself in a conditioning so nobody else conditions me because when someone else disciplines you, it's no fun. So this financial literacy thing, the more I got into the groove of things in the banking industry, the more I realized that it wasn't just a problem in my community or any of the other minority community. It was a universal problem. Oftentimes I would talk to people, Kareen, can you reverse my overdraft fees in the banking industry? And I always thought, why do people overdraw their account? What is the problem? I, I am one of those people that wants to fix world problems whenever I see them. This is a world problem. It happens a lot to people, especially the people that I helped in the banking industry. And I always say, why do, why do we have this problem? You know, the banking system was not created to have, even though I know that they say they educate people. Do you know how many bankers I've met in my life that don't take the time to educate you about as little as the overdraft fees and how to avoid it? Because they make a lot of money. I've been on the other side and I've seen it. People have 22 overdrafts for 33 bucks a piece. You know, when you're struggling financially, how hurtful that is? How much of a deeper hole, a black hole you dig yourself? You know, I, I, 
I thought about this and maybe I should create this. When we get a traffic ticket, we get to go to traffic school, at least in California where I entered, my port of entry was LAX, at least in California. My first ticket, I got to go to traffic school to avoid the ticket, to come on my record. Because what happens if you have a ticket on your record or an accident, your premium goes up. We get pushed on the wall, against the wall all the time. When It's expensive to be poor, you guys. It's very expensive to be poor. That's why I teach financial literacy because once you figure out and you get educated about financial literacy and the finances that you have and you know how to manage it and you know how to behave around it, it's the basis of multiplying money, time, and impact because you cannot multiply what you do not have. Math was my favorite subject in school. There is no way you can multiply a, a zero number, let alone a negative number. So I made it a mission to teach people at least to get to their zero. And how do you get to zero? You fix the behavior first. Sometimes in my student pool, and I'll share a student that is a lawyer. You think, you know, we glorify all these professions and nothing against lawyers, okay? This is just an example of one of my students making $307,000 every single year based in credit card debts. Why is that? It's not the lack of income. We all know that. This person is broke at a higher level. You could be making a million bucks, but you spend more than a million bucks. It doesn't matter. You're just broke at a higher level. And a lot of people, especially like me when I started, I felt like the solution was more money. And maybe that is the solution, right? But most of the time, what I find, remember, I used to help people that continuously, I called them a serial overdrafter of their bank account. Every single month they beg to fix their accounts. You know, your bankers can only do so much. They don't have a magic wand to get rid of your overdraft fees. The basics of banking and finance need to be taught. And we all know, and we hear this all the time in the educational system. Why don't they? So I took it upon myself to teach moms specifically, because I believe that handing generational wealth is not just about handing the shiny objects and the assets that we build. It's about teaching our kids how to handle the assets and the wealth we're about to hand them. Just as important as handing the wealth. If it was just that, 
lottery winners would not suffer after five years. Do you know that there's a thing called lottery curse? That on average of five years, lottery winners lose it all. They wish they hadn't won all of that money because it ruined their lives. If you don't believe me, Google it. And you might be sitting there, Kareen, you know how much it would solve my problems if I won $100 million in lottery? Maybe it will temporarily, but it will not sustain it. It's been proven fact with a lottery curse. You know what sustains it is that you go through the trial and errors of making your first million. The first million and Todd will probably, Gina and Todd will probably agree with me. And anybody that has achieved their first million and then some, it's the hardest thing to make. You know why that is? Because you have to experience making five figures first and then learn how to handle that. You have to earn your first six figures first and then learn how to handle that. And then multiples. And then sometimes you get a setback and then you just come back. My setback was 2008. I was a product of it. Had a lot of real estate, lost everything except our home. But it didn't scare me. You know what it made me? It revealed who I really was. A rich person, whether I had money or not. It revealed what I'm capable of and who I really was. It does not change who you are. Money does not change who you are. It just makes you more of who you already are. So if you were an a-hole before money, you're going to be an a-hole with more money. If you are a kind human being giving to charity and making an impact in this world before money, you're going to do more of that with money. That's it. So think and reflect about this, you guys, because we are in recession. Here's what I did, and, and I Credit Ninja is not here, but we share a lot of the, the similar story, and may, probably many of you here if you're X generation, or maybe a boomer. 2008 was ugly, and we're about to get into an ugly season, winter. You need to winterize yourself. Your financial life needs to be winterized. What happens with our pipes in our home when we don't winterize it and we, we live in cold places? It bursts, it pops, it breaks. You don't want to be that pipe. So what did I do during 2008 financial winter? I was conditioned by the market because I didn't condition myself. This is why we work out every day, right? In the health world, and many of you are in the health and wellness space, you teach people to work out every single day. 
is the incremental investment of time that goes compounds over time. So you, your illness doesn't condition you. Same thing in the financial world. You have to condition yourself because if the market has to condition you, it is tough, you guys. I've been there, done that, got the shirt for it. I had to live off Costco chicken for a week. And by this time, we already had two babies, okay? It was hard life. But it made me tough and tougher and tougher. And it taught me basic behaviors around finances. It is as basic as it's going to get. And I teach the basics. Because until you get the fundamentals, no matter how much money you make, and I shared about my attorney client, no matter how much money you make, you'll always be chasing the money. Chasing money is no fun. Allowing money to flow through you is way more fun because money is energy. The more you chase it, the more it runs away. I started writing down, and here's what I need you to do. If you need to repair your behavior around money, I'm hosting a master class. Click the link up there. It's called five, way, five Reasons Why You're Not Getting Ahead Financially and How to Fix It. It's going to link you up to my link tree. And the first tab is the free master class. I don't schedule my master classes. I just do it when I'm called to do it. So make sure you sign up to get notified about the master class. I have several master classes that I do. This is one of them. But here's what I need you to do, and I'll close with this and I'll let the room share some of their thoughts before I end my segment. When you get your bank statements, what do you do with it? And granted, if you have some businesses or a business, you may have a bookkeeper that does a reconciliation for you and all the other jazz. But as a mom, what do you do with it in your household? Do you just shred it, throw it away, electronically delivered and forgotten? Type it in the chat. I'd like to see it. If you don't review it, it's a huge mistake. You know what I do is I review it with my family. I don't anymore because I know I've created a habit. But in 2008, we had a lot of time. I had to go back to basics. I still do it with my husband. One of the biggest reasons of divorce in this country is money because husbands and wives and spouses point fingers at each other. And then it blows out a proportion and then they go talk to the lawyer that costs 10 grand and then some. Love is grand, divorce is 10 grand. <laughs> but you know, in all seriousness, 
you have to communicate around money, whether you're parenting around money or you're talking to your spouse around money, especially when you have the lack of. It's really highly important. You know, sometimes spouses don't talk to each other. The other one's running the, the credit cards and the debit cards, whatever you use. And then the other one is trying to balance the household's finances. And there's more month at the end of the money and then the fight starts. No, we have to quit doing that. We have to sit down at least maybe every month when the, when the statement comes and talk about it. Even better, every weekend when I, when in 2008, the behavior that we created really, really paid off. Now we're Airbnb investors. We own all of our Airbnb real estates and growing. We have a lot of stocks. Now is a great time. You know, when you're prepared for a downturn, you get richer during a downturn. My downturn was 2008, and I swear to God that the next downturn, I'm going to get rich. Because the last downturn, I was the one that was leveraged. In this downturn and the many ones to come, because it's a cyclical economic condition, I'm going to get richer every time. Preparation is huge in the financial world. With that being said, thank you so much for the space. And I'd like to make sure that I hold space for the other people that may have induced some thoughts in their mind. Um, hey, Kareen, Christina, is that okay? Kareen, can you hear me okay? Yes, absolutely. Yes, who was that? Hey, Kareen, this is Ramon Ray. I hope you can hear me okay. I just wanted to hey, say Ramon. Hey, it's. I just wanted to say, good to hear your voice. Your session is amazing. I love your quips. I can't remember them all, but I was putting some in the chat. So I just wanted to say welcome. And your your insights are important to me and my wife. Indeed, that's a, you know, that's a, I've started several companies, but finances, Kareen, has always been a tough area of mine. So I just wanted to echo, and I'm here sitting at your feet, as it were, listening uh, to you. So I just wanted to say welcome. Thanks for being here. Oh, that was so warm, Ramon. Thank you so much. And I see my friend Susie. Susie and I go way back in the OG world of Clubhouse, too. Anyone else? I have five minutes. And if anybody would like to share and chime in, please do. Hello, Karen. Yes, who was that? Hello. How are you doing, Karen? It's been CP. Yeah, go ahead. I'm doing great. I'll be hearing you. I'll be hearing you. You, you sound nice and you shared a lot of ideas. Um, I really appreciate your views. Um, um, don't use this platform to, you know, enlighten people who think they'll invest in stock. Um, this is the right time for them to invest in stock. Okay. Like penny stock, you can get good returns from it. All right. I love what you guys do here. Much love. All right. Bye. Thank you. Anybody else? Yeah, Karen, I would like to say thank you so much for that share, for giving us the opportunity to know um, that it starts with your mindset. Once your mindset is shifted and everything that you need will fall into place. So thank you for that share. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. And, you know, I, lo I love talking. I love talking about my journey. And, and it's funny because Zora Maria and I were DMing each other. I'm like, 
Oh, I have so many things that I want to talk about in 30 minutes. I think I'm just going to kind of sprinkle my story in it and weave into what the subject matter that I, that is my lane of genius and then uh, take it from there. Cause I was going to structure, structure it with five things. Five things is always my jam, but um, you guys, if you would like to join my free masterclass, just click the link on the bio since I'm running out of time, but we have about four minutes left before I hand it over the, to the next genius here on Breakfast with Champ Champions. Um, click the link on the bio and up there and go to the free masterclass and sign up. Again, I don't schedule my masterclasses. I do it as I'm called to do it. The one I'm doing here and then in the fourth quarter sometime is called five reasons why you can't get ahead financially and how to fix it. Okay. Would love to have you in there. And I'm excited to do it this quarter, this up and coming quarter. Anybody else would like to share anything? Hey, Corinne, it's Christina. Yes, love. Hey, I would like to say awesome segment. I really enjoyed it. And um, you can go ahead and just keep going until I give you a cue because our next speaker is not here yet. So if you want to talk more about your masterclass or your story, feel free to if nobody else has any more questions. Gotcha. You know, I talked a little bit about the uh, reviewing your bank account in your households. Yes, your business should have its own bookkeeper. And if you are a brand new startup, of course, you are the person that needs to do that because sometimes we just don't have all the resources when we're a startup business. We have either somebody in our household to help us out, to partner with us. And um, just, just know your numbers. You know, when I get small business clients, because that's kind of where the pool of my clients are as a I have a bachelor's in science degree in accounting and I read a lot of financial statements. When you start a business, even if you cannot afford a CFO, it's highly important to at least hire a, a contract CFO and you can hire them on a quarterly basis, right? In business quarterly is huge quarterly basis to really go through your balance sheet, your profit and losses, your uh, income statement on, you know, all of that stuff, your bookkeeping, your financials and all of that stuff in your business, even though you feel like oh, I don't really need to know all of that. It's really, really critical for you to know your numbers. And in the, in the, in the health and wellness world, it's the same. You need to know your numbers just about in anything, especially in business. In the health and wellness world, world, it's your high blood pressure and all of that, right? And I, and I keep, and I keep putting those two on the same track, but parallel, because they very much, they're very much synonymous to each other, just on a different track. Okay, so financial health and physical health is very much like related. When I talk about it, I'm huge on physical health, but it's not my jam. And that's why I talk about it all the time. But when it comes to your finances, whether you're in business or on your personal side, you really do have to know your numbers. 
and understand what those numbers represent because your cash your cash outflow is just if not very important during a recession time it's a very important thing that you must know more than your inflow okay because that's that's what takes your money away and the idea is to have more month at the end of the money rather than having more money at the end of the month having more money at the end of the month or having more month at the end of the money is very stressful so you just have to make sure that you do the basics write down everything that you're spending when we when we lost a lot in 2008 it was i hunkered down and i created a google sheet and the google sheet was we weren't even budgeting yet you know we were writing down the things we were spending money on i had my husband turn in the receipt to me and then i wrote it i put it in the spreadsheet and i had all formulas you know i had some formulas in there created and then it gave me a bottom line and when the bottom line was um was not favorable to us then i looked into the details of each line item and every line item i trust me you're always going to have something in there that you're probably spending too much of it's not about your mortgage and it's not about your rent that's the high ticket in your household it's the incidentals that you don't notice that adds up over time it's the little trip to and i hate saying this because i don't like to to take people's fun out it's the little trip to starbucks and maybe you can use starbucks as a you know we gamified starbucks back then it's like when we hit a target in our financial behavior we go to starbucks because i don't like to remove people's fun because it's not fun not having fun <laughs> so you know you just use it as a reward rather than a, a behavior and a habit that ruins your financial health so you know like i have gucci shoes i have gucci belts i love i love luxurious goods okay i like i should say but i don't need them i want them but i don't need them most of the time we want them because we want to keep up with the joneses but the joneses don't have their ish together either so you know you don't really know what happens behind closed doors a lot of people suffer behind closed doors we all know this and then they look like a shiny object when they come out so the re the way that i do those goods expensive goods is i use them as a reward system for myself when i hit a target in my business in 2019 or 2020 it was a was a gucci kicks that i wanted do you know what i would do to sell that gucci kicks in 2008 it's like a 800 shoes when i was when i was eating um when i was eating costco chicken for a long time those are the goods that you must get rid of during hard times but now i appreciate them and i give it to myself as a reward and by the way when um the way that i reward myself is is essentially i get it for free because i i leverage credit card points 
And credit card points, doing that credit card sequencing points is for higher level once you have established your behavior. It's something that I, I don't ever want anybody to get in unless they've established their good habits around their money and their good habits around their behavior around money. Because it can get you in financial ruins when you do not know how to handle them. We travel for free. Um, probably in the last 10 months, we've earned almost a million in credit card points without spending a million. And just going from, it's called credit card sequencing that I also teach. Um, going from one credit card promo to another and really being strategic about it. Really quick, Christina, how are we doing? Keep going, you're good. When I say being very strategic about it, I'll give you an example. We're in the Airbnb space in, in March, we needed to add an HVAC um, unit on a couple of our units, okay? And we turn around and got some bids. We chose a bid, say 15K for example. And then we go find a credit card that has really good promo for business because this is a business transaction. And then we let the HVAC company know that we're going to choose them when we get the, we, we also ask you, do you take credit cards? Because there's still a lot of business that don't, okay. Do you take this credit card? Yes, okay. So we go ahead and get that credit card, match it to our expenses strategically, the expenses that we already know that's gonna get us the promo. So it's very intentional. It's not just like putting a blindfold and then getting applying for every credit card under the sun without a strategy. And in business, if you have a ton of expenses, have a client that's a digital marketing company multi-million dollar client. She's local to me. She spends 70 grand every single month on digital marketing because what they do is they just invoice their clients. And she used, we're in the Alaska airline hub, we're in the Pacific Northwest. For those of you that are in Portland, Oregon, I am in Portland, Oregon Metro, but I'm on the border of Washington and Oregon. So I'm on the Washington side. Another strategy, income tax-free. <laughs> Portland is sales tax-free. So I get best of both worlds. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, everything is a strategy for me now around finances. Because I have been there. I have been way down there. And I talk a lot about the parallelity of the AA program where the AA program, and by the way, I've never been to the AA, okay? But I study a lot of business models. I study the AA business model and how, how, how can an alcoholic be successful um, without going back to alcohol? What is it that they do there that allows an individual to never ever touch a lick of alcohol. And I have a student who's a hair salon owner that goes to AA every week. So I study the 12 step program. <clears throat> 
And unless you have been an alcoholic, you can't get into AA or you're, uh, you're accepting that you have a problem. That's number one step. You can't get into an AA. It's the same thing with your finances. Unless you accept that you have a financial problem, you don't start your journey. Unless you accept help. And then the last piece of AA, the 12th step is service, right? And service to others leads to greatness, you guys. I think that's Zig Ziglar. Service changes your life. Sponsoring, they call it sponsoring another individual into AA. And that's what I'm doing. I'm sponsoring you by hosting this masterclass because I know that I won't go back to the bad habits when there's students that are depending on me. There's now another, when you sponsor someone and that's when they become successful, a lot of these alcoholics, it's actually a 100% success when they complete the 12 steps. If they only complete 11, which is they finished the entire program except the last one, they did not sponsor a human being. They always go back to being an alcoholic. That's why we teach what we've been through. And a lot of people always ask, what's enough for you? Because they look at the money, right? And if you have multi-millions, a lot of money, people like think, what is enough? No money is enough. What you can do is use that resource. That's why my three pillars is money, time, and impact. You can use money to buy other people's time, to hire other people's geniuses, to help you become a better business owner to run your business. You need money to hire other people. And now all of a sudden you're providing a living for another business. And then the last pillar is impact. And that's what we do as a teacher. We're both a student and a teacher. We are making a huge impact because if we don't, we go back to our bad habits. Now we're responsible for a lot of other people, a lot of other people's success in the program. And that's how Alcoholics Anonymous becomes very successful when their people achieve the 12 steps. If they don't, they go back to the bad habits. That's what I do. I am sponsoring people to teach them the basics of finance and banking and how to behave around money and then hand that over generationally to their children and involve and engage their children around money and passing on the education, not just the money to their kids so that they know how to handle the money you're passing on. And that's how you can sustain generational wealth. I study the Costco model. The Costco business model is freaking amazing. I study old money, Rockefellers, Vanderbilts. How did they sustain generational wealth? It's amazing what these 
wealthy people do. And like if I take time to think, take a lot. I don't speak a lot on Clubhouse. I, I come in a lot of rooms, but I don't speak a lot because I'm behind the scenes studying stuff, reading stuff, reading financial news so I can teach. Like you cannot fail when you serve others because you have, you don't want to because there's a lot of people and a lot of lives depending upon you showing up. That's why the 12 step program is powerful when people complete it. And that's what we all do. Like a lot of the, a lot of the speakers and a lot of the moderators on clubhouse, not just in this room is continuously investing time to teach others. So we don't go back to our whole old habits. We just keep growing. And Barbara Majeski comes here a lot. And I heard Barbara say this really resonated with me. She said the happiest people are the people that are always growing. It's not the people that makes a lot of money because we all know it's not about the money. Money, I'll be the first one to say money comes and goes. Success is temporary, so is your failure. Everything is temporary. It's borrowed. Time is borrowed. So anybody would like to chime in and share some thoughts? I would. This is logically. Um, I'm not sure where I'm at on the stage, but for me, I'm in this first place, which I'm, I heard that it's a change in the app. Um, I just wanted to say thank you. Um, for sharing that um, and sharing your story. Um, we definitely, ha I have some things I can certainly relate to you about. Um, math was my favorite subject too in school. So became very fluent in, in numbers, I think, before words. Um, and it was also one of my um, college degrees as well, beyond English. And then I went on to law school. And, um, and so that's kind of been professionally what I've done from that and also an administrative law judge, but I appreciate um, what you've shared because I believe that it is so important that we talk about finances. I've, I was raised very humbly um, by grandparents that didn't get an opportunity to even get a high school education, but they were very good with money. I mean, I would see my grandmother uh, balance her checkbook, which we don't see often these days, um, and even if it was a penny, she knew where that penny was. And so I was raised with a really good, I think, foundation in money. And fast forward, um, now that I'm a mother of four, four sons, um, ages from four to 16, um, that is one of the things that it has been a topic, um, a major topic um, in, our, in our home. Um, and teaching, because what is important is that we not only, um, you know, do these things, but one of the things that you were talking about that you do within your family is that we do this as a family so that we teach and generationally, because being from a family where, we, where I was raised very humbly, money is not what I knew. Um, I mean, fast forward, you know, professionally, I've made a considerable amount, but we cannot um, underestimate the value of the, fa the, fi the family element. 
And so um, even now my kids, uh, they're, they're creating apps and, um, and, and board games, which right now I'm trying to learn that industry. So if anyone here develops games and board games, um, I'm trying to help get them out um, in terms of, of their games and things like that. They've won competitions for them, but now we're actually trying to um, get them to market. But I think that, and the other thing resonates um, with me as a lawyer, I've many years have pushed entrepreneurship and just speaking and, you know, and all the laws and things like that, um, that, that, that go with that. And it's so important that that is an element that they talk about. So I know now who to connect. I run a small CEO mastermind group on Saturdays. Um, I'm on the West Coast, but originally from Florida. So um, so I have that. A few of, of people I've heard from Florida, um, I, I, I hopefully and prayerfully, my family said they're okay. So hopefully everybody who's in Florida and there, that you're good. Um, I wish I could be there this weekend. I just got back a short time ago, unfortunately, because I had death in the family. But um, I hopefully but before the end of the year, I will be able and maybe connect with some of, I've heard some mom gr um, groups in here. I mean, it's been awesome. So I just wanted to say thank you for sharing. And hopefully there's possibility of collaboration with you um, in the future. And thank you for sharing your truth. And I land my plane. Oh, thank you for that. Hi, Corinne. I have a question. Yes, ma'am. Um, you explained extremely well how to maintain uh, the situation by passing it on, by, uh, you know, that motor of helping others and, and keeping it going for yourself. I have that problem of that mind change of understanding when you do not have money, how money isn't the goal. Because I, I, I heard what you said. I mean, make the goal uh, the something else. But when you don't have the money, you really just want to have the money. And that becomes the goal. So that change of mindset, I'm having a hard time understanding how to make that first baby step towards that. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't understand your question. So when you, you said having a goal, not the money, you're saying the money is not the goal, right? It, it's not the, the objective isn't to make money because that's not what makes us happy. But when you're in the situation where you don't have it, then it's sort of, it, it's hard to change your, uh, the way you're going forward. You know, you just want to make the money, but this is not the way to make the money because you're sort of chasing after it and it's getting away from you. So oh, like running gotcha. after your tail, your tail is always running away when you're running after it. But you're sort of saying when you go on your way, the tail will come after you. It will just join you. Yes. But so, how do you change that mindset into understanding that the tail is not the objective? So as, as do you have a morning routine at all? Well, I jump out of bed and go to work. <laughs> okay. So morning five, I believe is Mr. Glenn Lundy's um, ebook. Make sure you get that if you don't have that and then practice that book because it's, it's woo woo, but it's connected to that mindset shift that you must create. Um, the other thing too, is I talked a lot about the behavior and um, our behavioral genius that comes here a lot um, 
is that's you know that's her expertise but it's it really creates the the gosh i'm not good at this this is diamond divas thing and um i can't remember her name anyways you, when you're talking about antonetti right mindset yeah 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 yes 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 yes, uh -huh. yes but a lot of times when you when you don't have a lot of money it's it eats you alive right and i know that because i've been there and so what i had to do and i never was big with morning routine i never woke up at 4 a.m every morning i'm in pacific standard time but it was something like i i realized that if if i can't change something that's an outcome of my day by not by sticking to what i already like what i usually do then there something has to change so i started looking and when i started plugging into thought leaders i started realizing that a lot of these people that are thinking differently than because thought leadership is thinking differently right it's shifting your mindset and when i started studying these people i realized that a lot of these people have a morning routine like they overcome a lot of stress in their daily lives by having a morning routine. So I started doing that and it hasn't always been 4 a.m. for me. And of course, the older you get, the easier it is. I'm 43 years old, but can't do that for, for a 16 year old like my son. He could sleep till noon every day. But the more I study these people and being aware of what, what's the difference between me and that person? Because if they've lost it all before and now they're successful, what was it that they did every single day that changed it? And it was the morning routine. Every single thought leaders I study, it doesn't matter who. And then you all know Glenn Lundy is huge with morning routine. So I started doing that and maybe I woke up at seven. So I started waking up at 6 a.m. You know, everything for me is incremental. I don't ever go from zero to hero because what happens is I get burnout when I do like from zero to hero and then I don't do it. It's all about the habit and the permanency of that habit. And so when you do it so gradually, it becomes a habit. So I, I started waking up at 6 a.m. and then, I don't know, two years later, it became 5 a.m. And then now it's 4 a.m. And I am the most productive from 4 a.m. to 9 a.m. in the morning. I go to CrossFit at 5 a.m. in the morning and you can choose whatever you do in your day fitness wise and whatever time you do it. There's a lot of night owls, but you can condition yourself. Like a lot of people always say, well, I can't wake up at 4 a.m. That's because you sleep at 1 a.m. You have to adjust accordingly the night before. I don't understand how you wake up at 4 a.m. Well, I go to bed at 8.30 to 9, depending on my time. I slow down by about 7.30. I drink my sleepy time tea. I read a book. I take time to think. I prep myself to sleep and have a better quality sleep. And then I wake up at 4 a.m. and I'm ready to rock again. You know? So it's that morning routine that changed for me. And I've 
bet you whoever you look up to has a morning routine. And then once you own your that in your first hour or two hours in the morning, I also read a daily devotion. I'm a woman of faith. And I read a daily devotion from Joyce Myers called, I have to look at the book because I lost, I lost it. Love Out Loud, 365 Devotions. And like when you focus on other things, you no longer focus on the something that stresses you out. Once you own your day, your morning, the rest of your day, you'll own. No matter what comes your way. I hope that helped. Thank you, Kareem. That was very helpful, actually. Wonderful. Christina, how are we doing, sis? Whenever you are ready, I will take it from you. So if you want to take some more questions, fine. If you're ready to pass it on, I will definitely take it from you. Awesome job today, Kareem. Thank you, love. And thank you for the opportunity to share my thoughts. I hear a hot mic, and I'll take it for the next five minutes so I can close my segment out. Anybody else? Elizabeth. Hello, and thank you for taking my uh allowing me to speak. What a great session you have had, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I want to say to you that I really enjoyed the part about uh, the finances and the divorce. So I'm Elizabeth Nancy Jansen, and I am an author, a speaker, an educator, and a dating and relationship coach. And Corinne, we, uh, Corinne, we have uh, crossed paths a few times on Clubhouse. And it's, it's true that, um, and especially many entrepreneurial women, uh, in, they have had uh, situations of financial abuse. And in, in creating healthy boundaries for oneself, finances is a boundary that people have to create for themselves. And as I said, many women have had situations of financial abuse, and that has certainly happened to me. And uh, finances, of course, and, and divorce rate is over 50% for first marriages and even greater for second made marriages. And I also like the analogy you had to AA, and that is certainly in my story. And um, I, my book that just has come out called Bride Doll is, um, a story of true love, but that is in my, uh, it, it's the bones of it of memoir, but that has really brought me from my tragedy to triumph and to my purpose. And what I also, in terms of science, which has come out from the science of love, the Gottman Institute in the US, uh, the greater the love, the greater the wealth. And I'm sure you would attest to that. And the greater the love, the greater the health. So uh, I just wanted to point that out in support of what you're saying as well. And um, I want to park my Harley with that, as you probably might want to include in your closing as well. So thank you for this opportunity. And I park my Harley. Oh, that's so sweet. You don't land your plane, you park your Harley. That's awesome, sister. Elizabeth, I know 
Um, I've seen you around Clubhouse many times. So thank you for uh, recognizing uh, our crossing paths. Really appreciate that. And I think I've seen you on TikTok too. You're doing pretty good over there, sister. <laughs> yes, I try to give a lot of value with dating and relationships. So please audience, follow me on TikTok. And thank you very much. TikTok is my, uh, my Achilles. <laughs> I actually just went viral there and I had a video that went from like in 23 hours went to like a million views, but it was by accident. I promise I don't have any strategies around it. And I just seriously repurposed my Instagram to TikTok and somehow TikTok liked it. So I'm going to study why that is. And it's like, what did I do differently? But in any case, <laughs> I'll leave you with this, you guys. It's 629 here in the Northwest. And I, you know, I came across this reel that really, really hit me hard because the day before that I saw a picture of me when I was, I think I was six years old, five years old, maybe. And I talk a lot about her all the time because she lives within me. And around six years old was when really I witnessed, you know, my mom and dad yelling at each other, very aware of some domestic violence uh, situation. And there's, you know, and I saw my aunt sent me that picture. And then the day after that, I came across this quote or reel that says, when asked about what we what's the biggest mistake of the human the human race buddha and i love studying buddha by the way that's why this is resonating with me buddha said it's when it's because we think we have time and that's the biggest mistake the human race really makes is that we think we have time and we put off a lot of things to tomorrow do it today if there's anything that you've been thinking about and it hasn't left you it's your creator telling you that you should do it if you have been dreaming about something and you haven't stopped thinking about it do something incremental every day to get there because we have no time don't make the mistake of thinking we have time because you don't really know what's going to happen the next day. So with that being said, thank you so much for the time that you allowed me to speak. Click the link on the bio and tap into my next masterclass in Q4. I am so excited to see you there. Hopefully you can make it. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.